You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Jimmy Stein on the Locked On Bama player roster countdown. And I'll just tell you guys, when I record this, we are 43 days away from the start of camp. I like to be pretty accurate about that because every morning I wake up, that's, that's how gigantic of a nerd I am about football. I wake up and my, my first thought in the morning is, okay, how many days we got now? And, and this morning when I woke up, it's 43, which means we are just literally six weeks away from tomorrow uh, is the Cowboys versus the Steelers. Isn't that crazy? Cowboys versus the Steelers and Alabama's football team on the practice field. By the way, they're on the practice field now. They're just not formally practicing with coaches, but the players uh, organize football workouts. They work out with the strength and conditioning staff officially and formally. They're allowed to do that. Uh, and then on their own, they do some football things. Usually the quarterbacks or the leadership group puts that together, and they are doing that. On the practice field, maybe if you're driving through Tuscaloosa every now and then and you go down university, you might see them on the band field. Uh, they, they often play around on the band, band fields in the afternoon because it's well marked and easy to get to. But, uh, hey, let's talk about where are we at? We did Chris Braswell last. There, He's 41. There's no 40. There's no 39. There's no 38. But there is a 37. Demoy Kennedy from Theodore, Alabama. I tell this story all the time about Demoy. That when I saw Demoy play in person, uh, he was committed to Auburn and had no Alabama offer. Uh, I was expecting to go out there and see a kid that I assumed would be uh, a pretty good SEC prospect and somebody that would do well at Auburn, but someone that probably wasn't a good fit for Alabama. And uh, I was wrong, and, and, and then I was later proven right because Alabama did offer and take him. And what impressed me, or, or what really blew me away, I was live tweeting that night. Some of you may have seen my tweets from that night in Ladd Stadium. Theodore was on the road playing, I think, Davidson off the top of my head. Uh, what blew me away about Des Moines was his positional versatility. I mean, in high school, he would literally snap to snap, depending on the situation, change where he lined up. He was an outside pass rusher on third and long. He covered slot receivers at times like a safety. He would also, on some plays, line up in the middle of the field like an inside linebacker on plays that it was obvious the opposition was going to run the ball. It seemed like they sort of moved Demoy around based on down and distance. And he was... That night, uh, something that they call today, something an in vogue term, positionless football, uh, which is, hey, let's get a bunch of athletes that are good at everything and put them all over the field. That way we don't have to substitute. Uh, and, and these up-tempo teams can't take advantage of substitution. We just, you know, put a bunch of positionless guys out there and they can do it all and we don't have to substitute. And, and it's such a great theory. But here's my rant about that. I have a little rant about that. It is a great theory, but it is hard to find kids big enough to do everything that are also quick enough to do everything. And I think what we're going to find is this positionless football idea is going to end up being more of a, of a theory <laughs> or a hope 
uh, than something that actually works. I just don't think there's enough dudes out there to pull this off. But, but Des Moines is like that. He was certainly like that in high school. Now it's a little different in the SEC. He plays inside linebacker for Alabama. I'm sure primarily a will, though he, he, could, he could play Mike in the modern game. Uh, but this guy's a, more of a runner and a rangy guy. And, you know, he's got a lot of outside linebacker skills. He, he's really good in coverage. Uh, he's just a plus athlete for the position. Um, he's been on the team now a couple of years, has yet to really make a move. Now, is that because it's taking some time to develop, which is normal, or is it because we just have dudes at inside linebacker? I mean, how can Des Moines play when the starters are going to be Henry Toho Toho and Christian Harris? I mean, you're talking about maybe the two best inside linebackers in the whole SEC. And then the second team guys like Shane Lee and Jalen Moody – if they were our starters, I'd be telling y'all that was a position of strength on the team. And that's the second team. So, oh, oh, and then here comes behind Des Moines, Deontay Lawson, and, and let's, dis, let's bestow a label upon him that means a lot in the Saban era, and that is freak. I mean, I think Deontay Lawson showed this spring he might be a freak. The kid that just shows up good enough to play for Nick Saban's Alabama and uh, Deontay might fit. So it's tough to get on the field. Uh, so I know a lot of people out there, j- just remember you have to change your mindset a little bit. The Nick Saban era forces you to change how you think about football and the team all the time. And anybody out there that's like, why isn't Des Moines playing? He must be overrated. It's, it's, it has, it's not that at all. Look who is ahead of him. And you, Nick Saban doesn't play a lot of guys. That's just how we've always done it. He doesn't play the third team in the first half of games, even when we're, we have a substantial lead. That's just not how, how it works um, under Saban. So the fact that Des Moines may not get on the field much this fall, it really doesn't mean a lot. Uh, that said, I sort of expect to see him maybe in some special teams roles because he's such a good athlete. He, he covers a lot of ground and is pretty physical when he gets there. So I'm excited that Des Moines is on the team. He's just one more high-end athlete on the defense. Uh, he is in valuable depth this fall. And, I, you know, nothing will surprise me at this point. If Des Moines down the road becomes a starter and an all-SEC type player and then an NFL player, I will not be surprised at all. If Des Moines gets frustrated waiting to play more games and leaves, portals out, uh, no, not surprised. If, uh, if Des Moines sticks it out at Alabama, graduates, and ever becoming a starter because of our incredible depth of freaks, uh, that won't surprise me either because <laughs> Nick Saban recruits a lot of really, really good players. So I think his career could go in any number of directions, but i tell you this, for a guy that's not projected to be on the first or second team, this is one of the better athletes on the roster for a guy that's probably not going to be with the ones or twos this fall. Uh, next spring will be big. Good chance that uh, Toho Toho and Christian Harris are gone. Who knows if Shane Lee and Jalen Moody will be around. Uh, next spring could be big for him. So uh, good to have him on the team. Real, real good defender, a hitter, rangy. Uh, even has some ball skills. And, uh, hey, I'm always going to like a guy who is good in coverage and can rush the passer. I mean, this is just a real, a real football player.
Thanks for listening to the Locked On Bama Player Roster Countdown. Hey, everybody. It's me, Luke. Uh, I don't know why I just introduced this whole live read like that. It's like I'm... <laughs> My son used to love to play Mario Brothers game, and he'd always say, It's me, Mario, which I'm sure I just offended uh, anyone of Italian descent, but I, I don't know why I just did that. That's so stupid. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Anywho, uh, betonline.ag knows what they're doing. Go check them out. Betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Now, you want to use the promo code locked on. Use promo code locked on. Get a 50% welcome bonus. You cannot beat that. You cannot beat that with any other offer from betonline.ag. I'm pretty sure. You can't beat that. I'm pretty sure. But go to betonline.ag. Bet on reality TV. Bet on Major League Baseball. Bet on, uh, you know, NBA playoffs. Ooh, the Atlanta Hawks. How about them apples? Kicking butt. Trey Young, a lot of fun. You know his father, Herb Jones, has to be so proud of him. Um, bet on uh, bet on the Milwaukee Bucks if you want to. I like the Greek Freak. Bet on whatever you want at betonline.ag. They have everything. You can play poker. You can play blackjack. You can bet on reality TV. And you can get that free money with promo code locked on. Go check them out betonline.ag, promo code locked on. Then go to Built Bar, builtbar.com, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. These things are delicious. They're nutritious. They're covered in chocolate. They taste wonderful. They've got a multitude of flavors. Um, they are good for a keto diet. They are good to maintain or to lose weight. Look, if somebody told you, hey, I have a Magic Snickers, and this Magic Snickers tastes just like a Snickers, but you don't gain weight and your teeth won't rot out with it. Holy cow, that's a pretty good Magic Snickers. Well, Built Bar is pretty close to a Magic Snickers. That's That may be my new tagline for them. I don't know if they can do it legally, but um, that's just me doing a live read, making up stuff. That's what I'm supposed to do. So I feel like it's eating a Magic Candy Bar. I won't say Snickers for brand name purposes, but I'll say it's like a Magic Candy Bar. And a uh, lot of fun, delicious. Go use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off that order. LOCKED15, 15% off that order at B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Built Bar is the way to go. This is Jimmy Stein on Locked on Bama, the player roster countdown. You probably just heard me talking about 37 to Moy Kennedy. Now we're going to talk about 36, Ian Jackson, uh, in, a, in a more recent class. Ian, a younger inside linebacker. Uh, this is going to sound a little bit like a broken record because a lot of what I have to say about Ian sounds like Demoy. They're sort of similar kids. They're they're the new age inside linebacker types. Uh, back when I was growing up, and the dinosaur, you know, when we you know rode our brontosaurus to school and tied it up to the post. Um, inside linebackers were like Dick Buckus or Mike Singletary or uh, you know uh, even Reuben Foster to some extent. <laughs> although Ruben's a better athlete, but I'm just saying inside linebackers used to be the trade paint guys. They would make a lot of plays with their helmet lowered <laughs> in the box. They would bang with fullbacks at the line of scrimmage, shed a fullback block and get off the block and try to tackle a running back. And you'd have 16 tackles a game in the tackle box. You know, it, it, the, the matchup was sort of, you know, one team's running back versus the other team's Mike linebacker. There was a lot of physical, you know, just just a lot of traffic. And, 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 and inside linebackers 
fighting through big bodied traffic and, and, and making a play on a back. And that's how they played football when we grew up. And then, then the dinosaurs went extinct and now we have this new football. And in this new football, inside linebackers, they're asked to do crazy things like, hey, we need you to split out and cover this receiver that's in the slot. Or, hey, uh, we need you in man coverage on this tight end. And, oh, by the way, he runs like a 4 5 40. Um, we need you to run with the back on his wheel route and be careful because this back, you know, he runs like a 4 4. So, so don't be late. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we ask inside linebackers to do now is the game is played in space. They're getting rid of the phone booth. The tackle box is now, you know, 53 yards wide. Uh, inside linebackers now, I mean, before you would almost say, okay, number one trait, physicality. I'm not so sure now that the number one trait isn't range. You have to play well laterally. You have to play in almost a backpedal. You have to you have to back up. You have to run down the you have to make plays 15, 20 yards down the field. It's not just all at the line of scrimmage. So that means when you evaluate these kids, you're looking for something different. And Ian Jackson is that something different. He's a 2021 inside linebacker. By that he is rangy. He is athletic. Yeah, he's physical. When he hits you, you you go down. I mean this is a this is a linebacker. He's not a DB. But today's inside linebacker kind of has some DB skills, and, and Ian is that sort of athlete. He, he played a really good program at Prattville, well-coached. Uh, and much like Des Moines, he's just going to have to wait his turn right now. Alabama is loaded at first-team inside linebacker and second-team inside linebacker. If Ian wants to play this fall, this upcoming fall, 2021, He's going to have to earn a role in special teams. But, hey, there's an, that's another thing that we don't talk about enough. If you want to get on the field and play on defense, a great way to get the coach's attention is by being a badass on special teams. You know, be a hitter. Be a guy that makes a play on special teams. Don't just – yeah, do your job, but make a play when it presents itself, and, and then you can end up in the lineup on the field. And, and I think down the road we're going to see Ian have a nice career at Alabama – He's just going to have to be patient. Not easy to get on the field at Nick Saban's program. And he's just going to have to learn the defense, get a little bigger, get a little more physical, and, uh, and wait his turn. But uh, much like Des Moines Kennedy, we're lucky to have Ian on the team because he's rangy, he's physical, he's just the modern 2021 inside linebacker. Thanks for listening to Locked on Bama. This is Jimmy Stein. Locked on Bama player countdown. So excited today to talk about one of my favorite kids on the team. And and there's a whole lot of guys that are always going to fit, you know, different profiles of who are my favorite players. And and here, one one player that's always going to be a favorite to me is the player that I think the fans are too hard on. Uh, And hey, and sometimes, you know, fans are pretty, pretty good. They watch a lot of football. So sometimes the fans know. You know, maybe the weak link in the chain kind of stands out to sometimes, but but sometimes circumstances and situations aren't aren't taken into account. And I, I think in his true freshman season, uh, he was over criticized. I'm talking about number 35, Shane Lee. Uh, Shane Lee uh, was an immediate, impressive true freshman that vaulted 
up the depth chart over a couple of uh, veterans, older kids. Uh, he just beat them out. He was a better player than they were, and he put himself in position to be a second team type guy as a true freshman, which is impressive as hell at, at Nick Saban's Alabama. And then lo and behold, you know, the, the pandemic before there was a pandemic was Alabama's linebackers all, all going down. I mean, all of them. They were just all gone. And it's a rough, uh, a rough first year's defensive coordinator for Pete Golding, who not only was coordinating a defense in the SEC for the first time, uh, he's also coaching inside linebackers uh, who weren't there, and he had to do it with, with true freshmen. So Shane Lee and Christian Harris uh, played all season as true freshmen in the middle of an Alabama defense uh, that was expected to do things like uh, win a national championship in the SEC. So you're asking a lot, but let me surprise you with one thing here. Uh, I realize there were some busts and some negative plays and getting beat and some passing situations, but, but there's this also. Uh, the guy that started at that position that Shane Lee played the year before Shane was out there was Mac Wilson. Uh, Mac was a star. He was a good player. Even though he didn't have the greatest of junior years, he did go pro and I think was a fifth-round pick of the Cleveland Browns. And since getting to Cleveland has done well, he has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is an NFL football player. This is a pro football player, okay? Shane Lee uh, replaced Mac Wilson. He was the starter at that position the next year. And did you know that Shane Lee almost, I think, completely across the board surpassed Mac's production? More tackles, more tackles for loss, more plays made as a true freshman, replacing a guy that's was off playing for the Browns. So I'm not saying that's the only reason to be impressed with Shane. I'm just saying, you know, this, this kid did an, a really good job. And, uh, yeah, he gave up some plays. It's the SEC. And, yeah, he's a true freshman. Look, there, this happens in every sport, okay? Uh, and I'm talking about here, a good example, the Braves. You know, I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. I watch the Braves almost every night for at least a few innings. And uh, the Braves had an all-star catcher in Travis Darno, who's a longtime veteran coming off his career year, and he gets hurt. Uh, and he's out for several months because he broke a bone in his hand. So he's, he's out several months. Uh, the Braves, a little handicapped budget-wise. They're not the Yankees. They can't just go out and buy or trade. They sort of had no choice at catcher but to promote a young prospect that they were super high on. But the kid they promoted – had played only like 30 games above the high A level. I mean, this kid was the catcher of the future, but this ain't the future. This is 2021. They were hopeful that this kid would be ready in 2022. Hopeful. But they had no choice but to bring him up before he was ready, before any major league front office would have deemed him ready. The Braves had to bring him up and say, hey, you're our catcher of the future, but you're going to have to be the catcher of now until our veteran gets back. So what has this kid done? Uh, he's proven, I think in the games he's played, William Contreras has proven that he is a great talent in the future. He has shown a lot of potential. He's hit seven home runs. He's knocked in about 30 runs. Uh, and he's hitting like 230, which isn't great. So he probably wasn't ready, but he is flashing his incredible potential. He's just playing a little bit before he was ready. And defensively, there's been issues, but of course there is. 
and any and any Braves fan out there that's been critical of Contreras is just unfair. I mean, be upset at the Braves for 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 not making a trade or having the money to go get someone, but don't be upset at the kid. I mean, he he didn't he didn't announce he was ready to play in the major leagues or. I mean, the situation forced itself upon him before he was ready. That's, that's Shane Lee. That's what happened. I mean, Shane Lee didn't – there's a difference between, like, for instance, last year a true freshman Malachi Moore won the, the job at Star, you know, the nickelback. He won the job. He wasn't expected to. He beat out older kids, beat out other younger kids. He beat everyone out and won the job. That's impressive as heck. But it also means, hey, you know, it's fair uh, if, if, if he, you know, makes a bad play and, and, and you get on him a little bit. That's fair because he's a starter. He's a regular starter in the lineup. I just think it should be looked at differently and treated differently when a young kid is out there due to injury, due to circumstance. Like, oh, we have to, you know, we have to play this kid right now. We don't have a choice. This is the kid we got to go with. As fans, we have to be more fair to those guys because – Again, it's a different situation and a different circumstance than a freshman who is just beating everybody's ass and just want to start a job. Uh, so I say all that to say we're a little tough on Shane. Then his sophomore year, uh, the linebacking group was healthier. There was more competition. And, and guess who wasn't healthy? Shane. He had that, uh, that crazy sports hernia thing that apparently affects athletes in Tuscaloosa, but nobody anywhere else. I think it's just because we probably just use that term to describe a bunch of stuff and we don't like violating the kids' privacies by sharing every medical thing about them. But, but regardless, Shane, Shane was banged up as a sophomore, didn't really have a fair chance to, to earn his job back. But now it's his third year on campus. Now he's healthy. He knows the scheme. He's ready. And then here comes Henry Toho Toho, and Christian Harris has developed into a first-round pick. So he won't be on the field as a first-team player, most likely. Uh, but, man, is there a more invaluable backup inside linebacker in this league than a former starter who's now ready to play as a, as a true junior, who's physical, who's worked on – he knows what he's got to work on, and I'm sure he's worked on it for two years – uh, you know, and that's that's playing in space. That that, that was going to always be a challenge for a kid built like he is, and uh, that that's what I'm sure he's worked on. And I think he's better at that than people give him credit for. I, I think Shane Lee uh, will prove uh, in his time at Alabama at some point that he's not only good, but but really that he's one hell of a football player. Uh, he just needs to play when he's ready. And uh, he's ready now. Uh, just needs to be healthy and get an opportunity, which are sometimes hard to find at, uh, at Alabama with, uh, with the level that coach recruits. And, uh, but Shane Lee, an invaluable number three inside linebacker. Uh, there's no way for me to know the situation at all the other 13 SEC schools. But I'm just telling you, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better inside linebacker in this league that stands on the sidelines. Uh, Shane's experienced, very athletic, big and strong, and uh, a part of Alabama's great depth this fall. Thanks for listening to Locked on Bama.